Hello, main characters, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the B Word Podcast. We took a week off, but that's because we were waiting to bring on someone really special onto this episode. We would like to give a warm welcome to Taylor Lala for joining us for the last chapters of the second book of A Court of Thorn and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, also known as A Court of Mist and Fury. Today we're covering chapters 52 through 69. Hee hee. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, as always, I'm Mal. I'm Paige. I'm Ariel. We also have Thomas here. Hello. And Taylor Lala. Hi. (laughs) So Taylor, tell us what's going on with you. What business do you have? (laughs) Taylor's nervous. not had enough alcohol in her system but you know that's completely okay (laughs) she'll get into it whenever we start with chapter 52 are you guys ready to start no chapter 52 girl hasn't had a bath in three days and all she can see about is the fact that she has a mate she's up in this cabin like oh my god i have a mate but i haven't bathed girl bathe you just did something dirty up in that (laughs) hotel and you're not gonna bathe you gross fuck (laughs) she bathes finally and then she starts thinking about the fact that while she was fucking around with tamlin reese had known that they they were mates and she's like what if i knew too really you didn't and then she's like if i think about it it kind of makes sense and then she starts thinking my mate my mate like she was already thinking that before this, though. Like, she would think, my, whatever. And he's like, no, no, no. He's not my anything. Mm-hmm. But now she's like, my. Yeah, she warms up to it. Um, the next day, she's like, I'm a coward for running away, just as he always thought I might. And I shouldn't have. And then she rummages through the cabin, which is the High Lord's retreat. And she realizes how much that, gr- that group feels like a family to her. Like, actually a family. She had her family before. Nesta, Elaine, her father. But she was the one always protecting them, providing for them. And now it's like a real family because they all rely on each other. I think it's the first time she's envisioning a future for herself, too. It's a big part of it. It's like she can see all of these people involved in her life further down the road. Whereas before, she never talks anything about like a long-term anything. Yeah. That's it was like the opposite. She just wanted to be alone. Like That was the future she saw. Yeah, like she didn't she have wanted, anybody else. In she there. wanted to marry off her sisters, mm-hmm. so she could just paint in her house with her father for the rest of her days. That's crazy. I never thought I'd come back to that. <laughs> well, I'm so used to listening that I'm like, I feel like I'm just alive. <laughs> <or something. laughs> um. So then she opens up a closet and she sees paint, lots and lots of paint, and she starts to paint surprise and i actually love this part i hate it i think it's rude who does she think she is to paint their walls so that yes i have like who commissioned you no one commissioned you why are you painting on everything at first when i read this i thought she was like painting canvases my reread i'm like wait a minute she painted walls okay she loved it she's painting this family's cabin this ain't this ancient family's cabin this antique walls and like everything like well to with her stick drawings i don't it's not (laughs) antique because moore says that the boys had like already destroyed it or her and amarin destroyed it or it was destroyed at one point and then had to be rebuilt so it's not like a i feel like moore's just saying that (laughs) she's still coming up in there like you know what 
I don't see any paper, even though Amarin picked up this habit of wanting to learn how to paint at one point. There has to be canvases somewhere. No, screw the canvas! There's a wall right here! Ma'am! You are not a wall artist! Like, calm down! You are nothing! See, I'm so opposite. I'm like, hell yeah, do it. She hasn't painted in so long. Didn't feel the urge. Wasn't into it. Oh, that's a cute point. Yeah, so like Tam- like Tamlin like kind of feel like like bumped her down and I feel like she's becoming herself again. So I was kind of like excited for her. And then she painted like I think it was Amran's eyes. She painted someone's eyes mm-hmm. Yeah, it was doorway. first. And it was just I don't know. I felt like it was a connection. I Taylor, like let's ask you the the question here. Can Feyre actually paint? Do you guys <laughs> know? Is it just stick figures all over the wall? Most likely. I feel like it's just, just splatter. Like hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's an eye. It just like pulls her thumb around on the paint. Oh, no. I listened to that podcast when when y'all said Tamlin picked the... <laughs> I was agreeing. He was like, this is the best looking one in here. I guess I'll just have to go with that one. We got to look at one for the rest of my life. And it still made him sad. <laughs> Well, that night, Moore comes to visit the cabin to make sure that Farrah isn't dead. And she's like, whoa. Because, again, this bitch just painted every surface of the main room. (laughs) Again, who commissioned you? But whatever. But it's like a cluster of paintings of each season. And amongst all of it was, like, pieces of the people in that group. She painted some veiny wings on one thing, which gross. And then some (laughs) That's how she describes it. She does. (laughs) She describes Big, veiny wings. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's Amran's eyes because Amran is always watching and more is like, what about mine? Because it'd be nice if the boys remembered that the women of this house are watching them when they come here at least once a year to get drunk for a week. And then they get to business and she's like, Fair's like, is Reese okay? And more is like, he's recovering, but he's fine. But angry, I won't tell him where you are. And then Moira's like, girl, just talk to him. We have the rest of the book to finish, you know? <laughs> we have to get through this. Let's go. Moira doesn't really say that because, you know, she doesn't know she has a character, but whatever. Right? You're writing fan fiction. Continue. <laughs> okay, wait. Let's pause for a second. Um, she got, Farrah got really mad at Reese for having to, like, emotionally recover after their little fight. And he goes off by himself. What does she do the first time she gets upset? She runs off to a cabin and says, "No one contact me." Exactly. Oh, she does that fair. To run away. No, no, we don't like Feyre in this house. I okay. They disagree. You haven't listened to the last podcast yet. They completely disagree with her being upset over him not telling her their mates. And I'm like, I get where she's coming from. I yeah. get it, but I don't at the same time. Yeah. Like, feel flattered. Don't be rude. <laughs> <laughs> but I get where you're upset. <laughs> Who doesn't like that flattery? I don't know. That's just me. Um. So then Farah asks more about her father and how he's doing. And she's like, I might have broken a few more bones when I went to visit him, but they're okay. You know, I could have killed them. Reese told me I could. That reminded me of the, what about the murder? <laughs> what murder? He's the best guy around. <laughs> So they sound um, like an Italian mob now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the night court equals Italian mafia. <laughs> um, Feyre bring- <laughs> brings up Cassian and Moore and then why she and Asriel haven't done it. And then Moore is like, it's because he sees himself as just a bastard, a bastard and 
nobody, no matter what you tell him. He looks at himself as just a big nobody. Um, but he has his women. <laughs> it ends with Moore saying quietly, is it so bad to be his mate, to be part of our court, our family, tangled history and all? And then she, like, blends the paint in a small dish, the curl the colors like swirling around and then she goes no no it's not and she had her answer that's how chapter 52 ends chapter 53 before i go on any notes no that was about okay. it <coughs> the main one was just Farrah painting the walls and pisses me off it stood out to it. me more now <laughs> i think i liked it too the first time but now it was like what she did what yeah that's how it was the first time too i was like yeah that's so sweet like she's finally painting again for the first time ever and then i reread it and i was like wait she's not painting on canvases <laughs> she's like painting the drawers let me paint these these brick walls in here i don't know like <laughs> the audacity yeah after 53, Moore spends the night and le- leaves after breakfast. And she's like, wow, I love painting. Ferris. <laughs> and then one day she's like, I might open my own shop and teach others and go home feeling fulfilled, feeling happy. I'd go home to the townhouse every day and to Reese. <laughs> and he would be there every day. And she's like, oh, hell yeah. And I would fucking fight for that future. And then five days go by and she paints every room of the cottage. You know, why just stop at one? And then someone is at the door and it isn't more. Chapter 54, it's Reese. Yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Um, he's standing there freezing and she's like, ah, my mate. And then he's just like staring, waiting. And then she finally lets him in and Reese is like, you painted. <laughs> he's like wow this is different but her reaction she says i hope you don't mind like it's a little too late for that literally she's that's in my notes wait that's proof right there that she's (laughs) (laughs) and he says nothing in response to that she goes i hope you don't mind and he says nothing he says nothing he just says that someone is going to paint a mustache under one of the that she had painted because she ended up painting Azriel, Cassian, Moore, Amran. But not Reese. Yeah, and <laughs> she's like, oh, Moore already promised to do that. Moore's probably thinking, I can make this painting a whole lot better. <laughs> um, and he's like, where are my eyes? And then she's like, well, I feared I would just stare at them all day and wish you were here. And this makes him, like, blush. Um, and then she's like, you healed and he's like only thanks to you and then she goes to the kitchen and she's like you must be hungry i'll heat you something up and he's like whoa and she's like i didn't say i could cook i said i was heating you something up and then she dumps some soup onto the stove and is like so this mating stuff explain it before i move on to this i just want to say i don't understand their mailing system i don't understand their plumbing system I don't understand what century we're in because she opens a can of soup. You're telling me cans of soup existed during this time? If you also listen to how she like describes like her sweaters, it seems she was also wearing leggings at one point. I was yeah. like, you wearing tunics all this time I when you could have been one- say they wear tunics. Yeah, they wear tunics, but they got cans of soup. Yeah, good point. Are we gonna talk about um? Why Reese freaked out about the yeah, soup? Yeah, that's my next point. I just really okay. wanted to bring up the point where I don't understand why it's a can of soup. <laughs> I didn't even, like, I'm just in shock. I don't have anything to say because you're right. 
no it doesn't other make sense up until this point it's just been food i like, need to I've reread this chapter because i don't remember specifically it came. she opens yeah because she says I remember more saying that like whatever you want it's to your disposal whatever it'll just pop up but no because when reese shows up and she's like oh you've been flying all this time you must be hungry and he's like oh, you're gonna cook for me and she's like i'm gonna warm something up i don't cook how is she warming it up she don't she don't use her magic like that she goes over to the stovetop what do you want her to do? Hold the metal clan? Put it in the microwave? The metal clan. <laughs> um, so after she's like, I'll cook you the soup or heat it up, he's like hoarse. He's like, what? Because it's important. Oh, I'm sorry, one more time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were saying, you said he was like horse, And I thought you were about to say he was like whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too, because it's important when a female um, offers her mate food for the first time, because that means that the female accepts the bond. And then she's like staring at the soup and she's like debating on giving it to him or not. And she's like, well, if you tell me all about this whole story about how this happened, maybe she actually plans on doing this the whole time, giving him the food anyway. Okay, so I don't read a lot of fantasy. Is it always this weird? <laughs> With mates and stuff, like... So I've never heard the whole food rule before. Yeah, no, me either. It seems so, like... Like a lifetime kind of sh- thing? No, it seems weird. Like, it seems... <laughs> That's the only descriptor she has for it. Like, primitive? Like... Primitive, but a can. Wait, what part of like it? Like, animalistic? Her cooking like, or, like, them being meant to be together? No, like... The female accepting the bond through food? Exactly what you said, Mel. Like, the, the female having to, ex- like, offer the food. Like, that part. It feels, like, just, like, animalistic. Yeah. Like, kind of... But they're, like, these high fae. Like, it's just kinda weird. Like kind of sexist. I think it's... Yeah. Well, so I think at this point it's just traditional. Because he said, too, like, they... Like, sometimes some people will throw parties to make a big deal out of, like, the woman giving him food. Mm. I don't think it's much different from us in, like, marriage, you know? But, like, why was he so, like, shocked? She don't know this shit. She was just offering him things. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, he, like, goes into, like, an explanation of how he was captured during the war by Amarantha's army. They had put ash bolts through his wings, and then they would just beat him up and try to break him, but it didn't work. And then he talks about having to watch the war happen in front of them. And after he was rescued, he was forced to just go home to recover while the final battles were happening. We move on to when Amarantha returned, and she didn't even remember him, but he wanted to kill her so badly, but didn't tell anyone. So he wanted to make her believe that he was in an alliance with her. And would take her under the mountain. Like, this was his whole plan. He wanted to take her under the mountain, get her drunk, and then slip into her mind to make her reveal every lie and crime she had committed, and then turn her brain to liquid. But he wasn't able to do any of this because she had been preparing this whole time for his um, magic. That night, uh, he hadn't brought Cassian or Asriel with him whenever she returned because he didn't want them to think, he didn't want them to see what he was doing. Um, and no one sniffed his drink. So that night, she slaughtered half of the court of nightmares just because she could. And then she cursed Tamlin. Every day, every hour, he just thought about killing Amarantha. And after a decade, he started to lose hope. Then three years ago, he started to have dreams, glimpses through someone else's eyes, crackling hearth in a dark home, a bale of hay in a barn, rabbits, and then a hand, a human hand, 
holding a paintbrush and painting flowers on a table. We know who that is because who else paints pieces of their house instead of canvases? <laughs> Feyre's dumbass. She's like, I'm illiterate. I don't know what canvases are. Um, <clears throat> so she was like, shit, I painted a night sky one time. And she, he's like, and I had this image of like a girl painting a night sky. She's like, oh, I did that one time because I saw it in my head. But in reality, he had pushed that thought through to that other person's eyes that he was seeing through. Anyway, he's like, those things made me realize that there is hope. And then, bam, I saw you through your dream, saw that you were in Prithian. And then I tried to find you. I went through all the courts until I found you in Kalamai. And he started speaking to her at Kalamai, like that moment where he had stopped up to, like, uh, stop the fairies from taking her. And he was like, I didn't even realize what I was saying, but he said, there you are. I've been looking for you. Thank you for finding her for me. Because he'd been looking for her this whole time. Okay, also, so in the first book, if you go back and reread it, whenever the spring court's getting ready for Cal and Mai, Farrah describes like a pulling in her gut that's pulling her towards the festivities and stuff. But it's the fact that her mate is there. Oh, Reese is there. I didn't even think about that. That's cute. <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> And then Reese is like, I was in love. <laughs> Am in love. And then she's like piecing everything together. And he tells her that he had to scare her, but mostly Tamlin because he saw the way that Tamlin looked at Feyre. And he waited until she was gone before he had told Amaranth anything. Like he had put into the mind of Tamlin, get her out of here, basically. And then he broke into Clara's head the, after she was taken because he thought she had just made up the name but when he found out she hadn't he broke into Claire's mind and found out like found out all the information and then took away all of Claire's pain so that she felt nothing when all of that stuff was happening to her um he's crying at this point <laughs> me too and then he explains all his help his reason for getting her drunk every night so that Amarantha wouldn't suspect anything and and how he was jealous and how he just snapped and broke when she was killed that day and then he talks about, like, how he spoke to the High Lord's minds whenever Feyre had died and convinced them to offer them offer Feyre that power, but none of them even, like, they didn't at, at one point hesitate to do what he had put into their minds. So the part about being jealous, though, he says he was jealous of Tamlin kissing her that one night he got away, but even Reese points out the fact that I was so pissed off because the one chance he had of, like, helping you, he just tried to get with you. We hate Tamlin here. Oh, yeah, Tammy <laughs> likes that part. I forgot. I just, I fell in love with Reese in this whole chapter. It was so, I don't know, like, I've always fallen for bad boys. And it was like a bad boy, but good boy. And uh -huh. it's just like, maybe mushy. Um. So then after that, he says that he loved her. And she's like, you love me? And then he nods, and she puts the bowl in front of him. And she goes, don't eat. I hate it. What? Why are you excited? That's so disgusting. Then eat is what you have She's to like say. She's like accepting the bond in that point. Yeah, I get it. But I feel She's like. She's not romantic. We've learned there could have been Feyre didn't know how to. <laughs> Feyre didn't know how to read months ago. Okay. Like we can't give her too much credit and be like, what vocabulary words okay. does she know? So also though, maybe this is, maybe this is just because then eat just disgusts me in general. But also right after this. Oh. He be feasted. <laughs> You do be feasting in chapter 55. Mm -hmm. I love this part. <laughs> so chapter 55. <laughs> okay, Taylor. Wait, wait, wait. Let me 
because I just found a new term. I love it. Oh my god. Easton? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought she was about to say she likes it. Do you not remember her coming into work and being like, so Cody, you want to feast on this? <laughs> And he was so like, disgusting, you know, so before, awesome. maybe. But now that you've said that, no. <laughs> he never told me no. No. Oh. Let me tell you something. That's just my type of flirting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so chapter 55, he's like, well, are you going to say anything? And she's like, yeah, I was going to tell you the moment you walked in here that I wanted to be, like, I, I accept being your mate. Like, why did you make him explain all of that then? Because <laughs> Accepted in the end. She's just wanted to hear it. <sighs> Sarah J. Moss just needed another chapter. Um, and then she's like, the moment I saw you, I was going to tell you that I love you. And then the man starts crying again. <laughs> and she's like, I am honored to be your mate. And then they kiss. And then it's spicy time. And suddenly she's naked on a table. And then he's naked all of a sudden. And then he kneels before her. as feast. Her... <laughs> That's my next note. <laughs> Can you say that again? He feasts. Feast. <laughs> and then they fuck like in detail you know <laughs> um, and then the mating bond is suddenly so obvious between them like girl it's been obvious for us um and then they're laying in bed and reese is like i think I, this is the moment he's like i think i fell in love oh, with you okay. when um you made that trap for that worm and flipped me off it reminded me of cassie and then she's like you love me because i remind you of your friend that was so fucking funny to me like it wasn't a sweet moment to me it was like then go fuck your friend what are you doing like the fuck that's why you love me but then what does he say after that if you don't marry her i will no 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 what does reese say he says something like um um fuck he calls her a smart ass for saying that i don't remember how he says it he's like i fell in love with you smart ass because i could tell you were one of us or something like that Well, then she realizes that she's covered in paint from it being, like, all over the table. And she's like, oh, yeah, I did paint the table. (laughs) Fucking dumbass, man. And then he's like, well, the tub is big enough for two. And she's like, now, now, now. And then she's like, let me clean your wings. And then I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) And then, well, it's the same thing. And then she's like, that correlation between that wingspan and dicks was right. And then that she knew she loved him at Starfall and it scared her. <laughs> I loved all of this. <laughs> you look so disappointed in me. Um, I couldn't be prouder. <laughs> And what now? And he's like, well, we could go back to Valaris and have the bond verified by a priestess be declared officially mated, or we can get married if you want something more human. And I'm like, whoa, you two just got together. Well, and then she's like, what will you call me? And he's like, mate. But wife sounds appealing, too. I'd rather you just call me Pharaoh. (laughs) Don't call me either of those, you idiot. Or if you want to, wait, like, until this war's over. I'm okay with that, too. And then he just calls her beautiful. And it's like, aw. And then he's like, oh, yeah. Tomorrow we're um <laughs> we're going back to your family's estate because the queens are returning in three days. And then she starts glowing whenever he says something cheeky. It's from the day court. And then they do it again. And then they do it again. And was again. She, was she actually, like, glowing? That was a thing. It's like, you know how you're like, oh, you have your wedding glow. And you're like, no, this or bitch she, was luminescent. She's, yeah. <laughs> she was a neon sign. Well, I thought that. And I was like, okay, I'm just getting a little far-fetched. But you know, I should have known that. 
better. Well, it's apparently uh, normal for them to do it that many times because, again, they did it and then again and then again and then one more time. Um, and then males get, like, super possessive and there's, like, this frenzy where they just go at it for hours. And if another male even looks at their mate, it's like, danger, danger, and then attack. <laughs> and then they get into a weird conversation that's, like, to me, it just made me uncomfy. And he's like, what about pregnancy? Like, let's no, talk about this. no, 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 no. I like this conversation. Ugh. And then he's like, well, do you want to start taking a tonic? And she's like, aren't I expected to bear you offspring? And he's like, you're expected nothing from me. But you do nothing unless you want to. And then they fuck again. That is not her attitude during the conversation. You make it sound like she's like, oh, well, I guess if I have to have your children, I'll have your babies. But she's she like, no. more wanting to have Yeah, she is like, she well, I'm expected to bear you an heir, aren't I? And he's like, you aren't expected to bear me any. I thought that was sweet, him being like, you're not expected for anything. Because in the spring court, that's all she was expected to do was be a wife and a mother and throw parties. She and seemed more forced to do those things versus she, she offered and seemed willing to yeah and now reese is like if if it's something you want to do of course i'd appreciate it but you never have to do anything it just felt so like romantic pregnancy trope to me and i hate those <laughs> um <laughs> i'm the only mother in this room <laughs> <laughs> um so romantic <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing after 56 they go back to the camp and they're like cassian cassian goes hard ride <laughs> but no one says anything. He doesn't. He says that. Yes. And then Cassian goes. Farah doesn't look. Farah doesn't look too tired. Maybe she can give me a ride. And then Reese loses it, and they fight. And this only makes Cassian laugh. And Moore's like, "Welcome to the family." And then Reese and Cassian spend an hour fighting. And whenever they finally come back, Reese and Farah do it again. And then they go back to Valaris. And then they bow to Farah, and she's like, "Oh, guys, your poor family." And then Amran is like heard you killed some hybrid beasts a few days ago, Farah. You're pretty cool now. But now it's time to go to the mortal lands to meet with those stupid-ass queens. And that's how chapter 56 ends. Were you the one that sent me a meme or something about the fact that Cassian was waiting to fight Reese? Like, how did he know? How did they know that they had mated? That they completed the bond? They can smell the mating bond. No, I don't think it's it. I don't remember. Yeah, they can smell it. It snapped into place. Oh, this reminds me. Taylor. You're a candle. Oh, I don't smell. You're a candlestick maker. <laughs> candlestick maker. <laughs> Taylor makes candles, by the way, guys. Aroma Avenue. We'll plug that right here, right now. Um, what sense would you assign to the mating bond? <laughs> I think he answered it for you. So, uh, just just real quick, Thomas just said, "Seen." Say it again for us. Semen rolls. <laughs> uh, a few days ago at work, Taylor goes, oh, I'm making this candle. And they had been talking about it for a week. And it was called semen rolls. And I was like, T- Paige and I were like, yeah, makes sense that it smells like a beach. Yeah. We thought they were saying cinnamon rolls this whole time. <laughs> and then I even suggested, went as far as suggesting a cinnamon roll on the box. <laughs> and then Taylor keeps explaining the scent to me, and I'm just giving her a look and letting her go with it. And then finally, Paige is like, "What is this called?" And then I'm like, "Are you saying cinnamon rolls or semen rolls?" Like, I wasn't hearing semen rolls. <laughs> so yes, I think this candle should be called <laughs> semen rolls. Well, I was gonna suggest a santal and an amber musk. 
Ooh, that sounds lovely. It's seductive, sensual, but yet satisfying. Chapter 57. It's springtime, by the way. Uh, and we hate springtime because it reminds us of Tamlin. <laughs> um, only two queens come this time to the house. It's the eldest and the golden-haired queen. And they still have just as many guards. The younger queen seems a bit more trustworthy, though. The queens are like, all right, where's this proof? And Pharaoh's like, is my love not enough? Girl, no, it's not. <laughs> and then the queen, they hate Nesta. But then Reese is like... He shows them the the Veritas and then shows them Valaris and the queens are in shock and they're like, your trust is appreciated. All right, we'll consider it. <laughs> no, but they also think he's lying. They're yeah. like, yeah, but this could be a trick. They're like, no, goodbye. But they're like, whoa, whoa. And they're, they're like, we don't have time for you to just consider it. And the queens are like, well, it's up to us when we tell you if we accept it or not and then she's like who's to say we're not being all manipulated and then first of all if they manipulate their way into getting the book the book is not given it's like it'll burn but then nesta is like give them the book and this kind of scares the queens like scares me too and then the eldest queen is just like no but then nesta begs the queens which is so out of character for nesta and Cassian crosses over to Nesta and promises to protect her, her people. And then he wipes her tears from her face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. Everything. I love it. Whenever. So Nesta, you know, she's that bitch. She's the bitch. She's the one who's like always rude to. <sighs> we just talked about full on hanky panky. And what gets Mal going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is Cassian wiping Nesta's tears? It's like it's like fighty flirty kind of situation. Yeah, because they're like they're sitting there yelling at each other, like calling each other names, and then to lovers. Yeah, and then she does something completely out of character. She's like, "Please spare us! Like, give them the book, save us! Like, you can't just let us die like this." And she's crying, and no one's seen her do this. And then Cassian. The one who hates her the most walks over and he's like, I'll protect you. I'll burn the world for you. He doesn't say that, but I wrote that recently. (laughs) (laughs) And then he wipes her eyes. I like Cassian. I don't like Nesta. I hate Nesta. I've been waiting for somebody to say that. She's so rude. Love Nesta. But I have a reason for it. So then the two women leave, the two queens. But then where the youngest golden-haired queen sat... There is a box, and in that box is the final piece of the book. She smuggled it in and left a letter on top of it that read, I read your letter and about the woman you love. I believe you, and I believe in peace. I believe in a better world. If anyone asks, you stole this during the meeting. Do not trust the others. The sixth queen was not ill. At the last meeting that they had, the sixth queen didn't show up. They said she was sick. And that letter was written before... They found out that he they were mated. Yeah. So he wrote that letter knowing that they were mates. He fell in love with her, all that stuff, wrote the letter to the queens, and then she found out and going into this meeting she knew about it. Yeah. I, I was really, like, that's so romantic. I didn't go into detail about what the letter said, but and that's a good point to bring up. During this meeting, they bring up what the letter that she had written, she, Reese and Cassian and Asriel wrote to the queens for Thera. Had been about her love for Reese and her love for like 
the Fae, basically, and, like, being... No, but Reese wrote a side note, too, that was, like, um, I'm, I love a human woman, or something like that. I don't yeah. remember what it said. But he, like, admits his love to the queens before Feyre ever even figured out the mate thing. Before she knew, like, how he felt and stuff. <laughs> also, cute, because they showed up to the meeting with the queens, like, holding hands as, like, a united friend, like, in love. That, like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then that's when Nesta is like, that's why you were drawing stars and stuff on your drawers. And it's like, oh. No, she was drawing stars because she thinks she can paint. <laughs> 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 um. That's the end of chapter 57. Chapter 58, it's time to put the pieces of the book together, and Amran is struggling to crack the code. Meanwhile, Reese and Farah are flirting through mail again. And <laughs> while Cassie and Asriel are around, Farah's like, these watchdogs, God, they're terrible. And then she thanks Cassian for what he did for Nesta back at the house and explains that she's a guarded soul. And then a tremor in the current happens. A smear of black figures are sweeping down. Valaris is being attacked. It's adder-like things all bursting through the city of Valaris, which has been protected and warded after all of these years. And the moment, the day after, Reese shows these queens this, Valaris has been brought down, basically. Bitches. And Cassian is telling Feyre to go, but then something crunches. It is the golden-haired queen. They drop her into Valaris with a note. Wait, that's the one that supposedly hid the book. Yeah, the one that mm. gave them the book that betrayed the queens. I mean, they didn't leave her note, but the adder... They drop her and they impale her. Yeah, and the adder says, regards of the mortal queens, Anjurian. And Cassian is like, you need to go now, but she's like, no. And she decides to fight along side of everyone else, and then she winnows and slices through things, and like she's drowning them with water wolves <laughs> with wings. I'm telling you, these are some crazy looking animals. And then she freezes some of them, and they fall down to earth and shatter. Like, she's like going crazy. She's going ham. It's she's actually in a it's actually a great fight scene. It really is. Like, it's a really good fight scene. And Reese is shouting to her in her head as to where she is, but she sees the adder getting away, and she's like, he's about to go back to Hybern and, like, tell him all of this. And then she winnows into the sky. Chapter 59, she kills the adder in the middle of the air. Wait. Wait. You gotta go in detail about that, because that was badass. Not just that, but when Reese is screaming in her mind, he's like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? She says, I'm exactly where I need to be. Which Cut. is defending her city, and that's so sweet. And she doesn't tell him. No, <laughs> yeah. he was trying. She's like, get away. <laughs> and she throws up the mental shield or whatever, and like, 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 you're not gonna know. Oh, I, I love that part. It's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you can wait, bitch. Shut up. Yeah. I'm doing something. It was so yeah. Awesome. And she doesn't panic. She winnows, jumps onto the adder midair, and like kills that thing. It's. Uh. No, it's, keep going, because like, it was almost down, like, they were falling from the air, and, like, a few feet away from the ground, she winnowed away, and yeah. let that, uh, at, ator, adder, adder, splatter, I was like, she's, like, stabbing this thing, she turned herself into fire at one point, like, you know what she reminds me of, things. she reminds me of Jack-Jack from The Incredibles, oh my god, it's Jack-Jack, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, dude, that's like awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. She's the most powerful. So she should be the one. Sorry, she should be the one that's like doing the most shit because she has all the powers. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the powers of the High Lords. So she is Jack Jack. She is Jack Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading it, and that movie was playing for my kids, and I'm like, 
Oh my god. Era? Connection. <laughs> Have y'all seen the thing about why he's Jack Jack? Like why that's his name though? Yeah, because he's a jack of all trades. <laughs> that's good. Um, so the the fight is over, but they are surrounded by weeping people of Valaris. Valaris has never known war the way that other cities do. They were this whole time protected, and in this moment, as it's over, she knows that this would be her new world until the war is over. That's how chapter fifty nine ends. Chapter sixty, Valaris is secure. Turns out. The cauldron lowered the wards, and the past several hours, the group of people had helped to work and piece together a bit of Valaris, a piece that they could put together. Hybern was tipped off by the queens. They're like, well, what do we do now? And then someone says, sleep, eat, and then retaliate. Uh, Reese doesn't come to bed that night, but she goes to him, something tugging on her, pulling him, <laughs> pulling her towards him, and they fuck, of course. Um, surprise, surprise, like, war's happening! Ah, Penis. i think they have like an emotional conversation at least first or something yeah mom what do they even talk about who cares they just do it um is it wait this is when they do it on the the roof though right i don't know they do it so many times i lost count i know what i keep thinking y'all roof and i love judge me if i say this but i'm like you have probably like eternity with this dude it's gotta get boring at some point (laughs) (laughs) that's why i couldn't be bella so in in, in Fair's like internal monologue, she's all impressed because she's like, "Oh my gosh, Reese let me fight, and he let me do this, and he let me stand up for myself." And it's like, I don't think he has a choice at this point. Yeah, you're just doing what, what is, the fuck you want. What is he gonna do? Lock you up like Tamlin when he knows that you ran away from that? <sighs> um. So Amron cracks the code the next day in the book, and Farah has to touch the cauldron and speak words. And Mora's like, "What if we put both halves of the book together?" And Amron's like, "No." That's bad. Now it's time to plan. Let's go to Highburn. <laughs> and then Farrah goes to her bedroom, but Reese is like, well, we can use your bedroom if you like. I just need to know where to move my clothes to because she's like, I don't know where to go. And then she's touched, like literally and figuratively <laughs> touched because he touches her. Um, they end up choosing his bedroom and he tells her about this ring um, that she had took from the weaver, the one that he hands her. And turns out his mother gave him that ring. Um, and gave it to the weaver right after because she said that the female that would end up being with him would need to be smart and strong enough in order to get it back. <clears throat> and she's like, wow, so I won my wedding ring without even being asked? And then she's like, do you want me to wear it? And then he's like, only if you want to. And then she's like, when we go to Highburn, will they know that we're mated? And he's like, oh, they'll know. And she's like, after the cauldron shit, I want to do it all. Get the bond declared, get married, throw a huge party, and invite everyone in Valaris. And he says, what if I want to go one step beyond that? And she goes, go on. I'm listening. And then they fuck. <laughs> and that's the end of chapter 60. So on the read-through, um, the whole thing about the ring and the weaver, I, I, yes and no. I don't think I really have an opinion as far as like Reese making her go get the ring from him. But Cassian says, whenever Reese is telling them about the plan to test Farah's tra- uh, tracking abilities, Cassian is like, oh, here we go. Like, does Cassian know about his mother's ring being the wedding ring? Wait, it's Cassian's yeah. mother's ring? Yeah, n- no, no, it's, it's Reese's. Oh. I mean, but, like, whenever whenever Reese brings up the idea of the first time, Cassian is kind of mumbles under his breath. And he's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I think he knew about it. I mean, but I don't think he knew they were mated. He's just trying to see. He, yeah. he thought maybe they were, she, he was just trying to test he was her just out. Trying to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe. I thought that was funny, though, reading it for the second time. I was like, oh, these assholes. They all know what's up. Yeah, they all knew. They were like, oh, fuck. That's literally like what they, <laughs> well, they didn't say fuck, but they were like, Reese, no. And okay, how like, would yeah. you feel if you had a fight for your own wedding ring? I'd be like, why aren't like, you fighting if for it? <laughs> if you were in the same situation, like, would you feel flattered? No. Offended? I'd be like, I don't even wear jewelry. I kind of <laughs> I kind of found it cute, but, like, insulting. But at the same time, Happy. I guess I get it with Reese being, like, as powerful and stuff as he is. It's like, well, your wife would need to prove herself. Like, she would need to, to be a badass. To put to, up with you. To deserve it. Like, in that world, I found it extremely fitting. Yeah. Yeah. But in this world, no. <laughs> I'm not fighting for shit. We just won't get married. That's that. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 61, guys. Um, next day, she is covered in steel and Illyrian war shit. Not actual shit, just like Illyrian war leathers. Um, Feyre has the book with her, and Amran is like, the king of Hybern is wicked, so be safe. And he's like, the, they guard. Reese tells them to guard Valaris well, and then they go right into Hybern. This place is gross, and the book is like calling out for the, hi- for the cauldron, and then they take out the guards easily, and then it's time to act. The cauldron is calling Feyre, pulling her, and there it is in the center of the room of the castle on top of a small dais. The cauldron sits. Chapter 62. The cauldron is power, and it is alluring. She hurries towards the cauldron, and the book is begging to be put together. But remember, this is supposedly a bad idea to put the book together. And Feyre is putting it together because the book is just like, just do it. Put me together. I need to be joined with my other half. And Feyre becomes the book, and she is saying the spell, and she's becoming um, 11 because her nose is bleeding. <laughs> um, that was a Stranger Things reference. And then uh, from all that power, and, and then comes Jury, and he just walks right down the stairs, and they're like, what the fuck? You're supposed to be an eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he calls Feyre a stupid fool. Yeah, he does. Wait, she can is. we go back to the point where she put the book together? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> what do you specifically you told her not to put the book together? What does the dumb bitch do? She puts the book together. It's because she I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know how to work a book. No, she's never had to use one before. <laughs> she's like, does this, do I turn this? What? She said don't put it together, but it looks like a puzzle to me. <laughs> also, why, though? Like, she just says the book is calling to her. The book's telling her to do it. But, like, the book is evil? I don't understand. Uh, I think this is something we can talk more about. Well, every time the book – okay, so the book spoke. Mm-hmm. Like, it would talk. And every time they did, they would just, like, shut up, put it away. Like, you know, like they dismissed it. But the book supposedly told her to put it, put it together, mm. and she listens to it. So it's like, what was the change and the shift, and like, why? Is it because Amarin was the one that always kept telling him to shut up and be quiet? Well, I think so. The the book itself calls things beyond Prithian. Like that's what Amarin warns her about. Don't put the book together; it will call up enemies far beyond Prithian. Meaning, he there's says that? yeah. Meaning there's something else out there, which I think goes into the other worlds. That multiverse. Remember, re- remember that what you just said. Yeah, it's a big thing coming up. Yeah, third book. What did you miss? <gasps> did you read the third book? <laughs> no, but I did. <laughs> she supposedly did. Are you done? Almost. Another. 
Well, chapter 63, Feyre is a failure. And Jurian <laughs> asks, like, where Miriam is. And Moore is like, she's dead. And he's like, you're always such a liar, Moore. But, like, I thought she was truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I was, like, hella confused at this point. Even my second read-through. <laughs> anyway, she's like, well, I took her away from you and she married Prince Dracon. And um, Jurian looks angry and then Reese is like, let's go. But the cauldron isn't listening to Feyre. Jurian is smiling and Jurian says that he was sent to distract them while Hybern worked his spell. Reese is unable to use his powers and Feyre cannot reach him. He's baiting Jurian at this point and silently he's looking at them like, run now. And then someone appears at the top of the stairs. It's the King of Hybern. And then Jurian fires a hidden ash bolt through Azriel's chest. They go with the king, and we learn that this ash bolt was coated in bloodbane to be commanded by the King of Hybern. And if they fought, that poison would then spread to Azriel's heart. So they're having to listen to the King of Hybern at this point, having to follow him through the castle doors. And they end up carrying Azriel with them. Um, he's still alive, but barely. Um, and then the king says to no one in particular as the doors slam behind them, shutting them in the castle and not allowing them out, that he's upheld his part of the bargain. Who is he saying this to? Lucian and Tamlin. Dun, dun, dun. walk from the shadows. Was anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I was like, oh, my God, Lucian, you cannot get it anymore. <laughs> the next book too, and then I changed my mind again. <laughs> well, chapter sixty-four, she is angry, and me too. She's just like, no. And Tamlin is just like looking at her as if she's a ghost, and she's like, "What have you done?" And Tamlin is like, "To the King of Hybern, you, you, ha- you have my word." Then he says that Tamlin has agreed to allow his forces to enter through the Spring Court territory and use it as a base. And then Tamlin is commanding Feyre to come with him. And she's like, nah, fam. And get that dirty hand away from me. And then <laughs> King of Hybern is like, God, you're so difficult, Feyre. And then Tamlin is like, let's go now. And Hybern is like, ah, when she backs up to Reese. And he's like, we were wondering about your friends and how you kept them quiet all those years. But now we know, and now we can kill the High Lord of the Night Court. Asriel is barely hanging on at this point, And then she's still like, I'm not going anywhere. And the king is like, you'll say differently when I break that bond between you and Reese." And she's like, no. And then Tamlin is like, he used that bond to manipulate you. <laughs> While, like, I was trying to set you free from that bond while I was doing all this stuff you left me and she's like I left because you were killing me and then that makes Tamlin mad and then their mating sense is like about to start smelling up the room (laughs) and she realizes like that's why Reese is holding his breath this whole time and she's like she stops beating on her powers and panicking and then she commands that shit at this point like she's like I belong to no one. No one can command me. And she says that, at that point, she says that she will go with Tamlin. And then she winnows when Tamlin starts to snatch her, but then stumbles right into Reese. No. She winnows when Tamlin goes to snatch her, and then Tamlin stumbles right into Reese's fist. (laughs) Reese actually punches him. Um, And then the High Lord is like, Ha! 
<laughs> and then Hybern is like, LOL, your bride left you only to find her mate. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. And then Tamlin is like convinced that this is all some big manipulation by Reese, like some conspiracy theory. And they go on about this and she just threatens him and he brings out four women at this point. And those are the four remaining queens right through the door into the cauldron. And behind them, her sisters are dragged in. Chapter 65. The queens just want to be young and beautiful forever. <laughs> the queens are like, but first show us that it works. And the king is like, why did you think I asked for my friend Ianthe to see who Pharaoh would appreciate having with her for eternity? Ianthe's a bitch. Ianthe's the one who told Hybern that Pharaoh would like her sisters to be turned to Faye. Um, and Tamlin is shocked and like, yeah, you idiot. He's a villain. Like, you think everything was just going to go fine and dandy because you wanted your, your bride to be back? Like, shut the fuck up. And then all hell breaks loose, and Cassian's wings are shredded by the pure magic that bursts through the room. And her sisters start to scream, and Tamlin is running for Feyre, and then more hell things happen. I'm not sure what exactly <laughs> happens at this point. I was confused. Um, and then they dunk Elaine into the cauldron. Yeah, so the sisters are brought in. They're about to turn the sisters into Fae. Using the cauldron. Ianthe sold them out. Like, that was not part of Tamlin's and Lucian's plan. It was just to get Farrah back. Wait, was it Ianthe or was it the queens? Well, Ianthe. Ianthe. Oh, because Farrah in the beginning talked about her sisters. That's it. Yeah. Right. Um, Does this confirm your Ianthe's evil? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was right. She's a bitch. <laughs> She's a bad guy. You know I what? It. I didn't like her from the moment they announced her name. I didn't either. At first, I was thinking along the lines of you two, like, she's fucking Tamlin behind Faye. <laughs> yes. That's all I thought it was. But, but no, she was solution. No, I thought she was a hoe, and I thought she was fucking Tamlin. I did, too. Then, she is a hoe. And then as soon as, what's her face left? Farah. She was working her ways through Tamlin in the spring court. Like, I knew she Probably was. Probably trying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as they are dunking Elaine into this cauldron, Tamlin's like, stop. That's it. He's like, stop. Stop. That's oh. all he says is stop. Oh, he doesn't remind do anything. me of the that. end of the first book. Oh, stop, Amarantha, stop. Yeah. Exactly. This is a, this see a pattern. Bitch-ass motherfucker's just like, stop. No, please. Wait, no. And I'm the, sorry. <laughs> the king continues, and Elaine is dunking to the cauldron, and she... She's screeching. She, it's horrifying. Like, the whole situation, like, the way it's described is really good. Um, She's obviously seen something when she's brought out, like, She's been through a lot. It's a second for us, and yet for her, she has seen eternities in that cauldron. And then when she's pulled out, Lucian hurries over to her to help her, and she she doesn't want his help. Like she's like she doesn't want anyone to touch her. She's panicking. Nesta is next, and she is fighting every step of the way. And then when she's coming out, this is a badass bitch here. She points directly at the king of Hybrid, saying nothing, and everyone's like, she's gonna kill that man. <laughs> Um, and then after all of this happens, Lucian goes, my mate, <laughs> looking at Elaine. <laughs> hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Yeah, I wasn't bored either. No, it was just so weird. Like, such a weird moment to call that out. Like, bro, you could have waited. <laughs> this woman is broken. <laughs> like, like, she's distraught on the floor, soaking wet. And he's like, oh, you're mine. <laughs> oh, my God, you're my mate. He's like, hi. And my two like, notes uh-uh. from this chapter are just Elaine and Lucian and then fucking Nesta. Man. 
Because <laughs> Nesta the entire time is just kicking and screaming and being Nesta. I love this part of Nesta. Like, her fighting this whole time, I was like, ah. Oh. All right, did she give him the finger? Or she said she pointed to him, but, like, with a whatever. Just I like, thought it was like, like she did point. Yeah. Like, I, I thought she was getting dunked with, like, a finger up in the air. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my bitch. I could see her doing that, too, though. Wait, Taylor, I don't know. I think she did. In this world, it's just the vulgar gesture. Yeah, no, because. <laughs> well, that's what I kept saying was vulgar gestures. I'm like, what do you consider that? Because no. I would think the bird. This is what I imagine. I imagine, like. I don't know. Oh, see, that's not terrifying. And, like, I, I imagine more terrifying in my head when I imagine Nesta. Yeah, for sure. Because it's Nesta. Yeah. I would have thought with some sass, like. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um chapter 66 nesta is like keep your face shit out of this lucian (laughs) and then the because he's like that's my mate and she's like keep your face shit out of this (laughs) like we just are we just got terrorized (laughs) like calm down and then the king is like this is also funny and crazy how this is all working (laughs) out and then farah's like starting to feel hopeless and like a failure go ahead I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I don't know what, like, I'm a visual person. So when I think of the King of Hybron, I immediately think of, like, Lord Farquaad from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Except they, she describes him as being very handsome. Oh, God. But, like, evil. And old. She's like, yeah, a handsome man in his 40s. Or you know, I like immediately that. think Lord Farquaad. Like, <laughs> I can't be Me, whenever I first got my hair cut. <laughs> that or Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Like he does, like she doesn't like portray him as like really evil, scary looking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, that's the, uh, I don't know why, but that was like the first thing I thought of. I'm like, because he's not evil or scary looking. Mm-hmm. He's like funny looking. I can't take him seriously. I can't take him seriously either, especially like going on in this next book. I'm telling you, it's like everything he does. I'm like, so Farah is feeling like a failure, hopeless, and then she unleashes her power of light. And it goes all the way through the wards, like, finding a way out of the situation. And they're like, what the fuck? Because no one knows she has this, by the way. And then she's like, now I have to play my part. Because she finds the way out. And she's like, Tamlin, are you there? (laughs) And she's like, what's happened? Oh my god, Reese is such a bad guy. And then she's telling Reese in her head to like leave. She's like showing him the way out in her head. And then he's Y'all, like I start tearing up at this though, because the way she's talking about it, like she says this was one last game. One last game that we're to play together. Cause talking about like how they play to be bad people, like when they go to the Hewn City and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she's thinking to herself, like, this is the last time I'll see them, but at least they'll keep my sister safe. Yeah. And then um Reese knows he has to play along at this point. And he's like, how did you get free? And they're like, huh? And then everyone else is like, huh? (laughs) And then she tells Reese to break the bond. And he goes still. And he's like, no. My heart broke. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I didn't know the ending of this book. My heart broke at this point. And then the others start to understand that she's sacrificing herself for them. Like, she, it's actually written like this, but they begin to leave. And then Reese is still like, no. And he's, like, staring at her. And she's like, break the bond. And then she... No, but the first time he says it. So, like, in her head, she's already like, so I'm going to pretend to do this to save all of them. We're going to get out. And she tells the king of Highburn to break the bond. And Reese knows he's supposed to be playing along and playing the game. But it's like he says no because he can't control himself. Mm-hmm. She says break the bond. He's like no despite knowing like what she's doing and understanding mm-hmm. 
Like she, can't, oh my god, it's so sad. But then, uh, she backs away while he is basically begging, like, n- like no. Reese's voice is breaking, and then the king points, and then there's this big pain in her left arm, and she says that it feels like her worlds are cleaving apart, and the bond breaks. Chapter sixty-seven. Old Farah faints, and then. She notices that the bond is gone from her left arm, and the king lets them go, removing the poison from Asriel, and then they hurry out of there with Elaine and Nesta. And then after that, Feyre threatens the king to tear the world, tear down the insides. What is it? Hold on, I wrote this down and just like later on. I'm just going to move on. I'll come back to that. But she threatens the king for what he did to her sisters, and then they leave, and she's back with Tamlin and Lucian. Chapter 68, Reese's point of view. The the land, and Amran is like, the land? <laughs> what am I? <laughs> oh, okay, so they land. <laughs> and Amran is like, where is she? And he's like, where is she for real, for real? And then he, goes, he tells her to get the book out of there because Farah had given it to him. Um, and they're so angry and worried, and Amran is, like, worried the most. And he's like, we're, we were out of options, so she pretended to free herself and um, from the bond and the con- or the control that Tamlin thought I had over her. And the bond was broken. And then Amran's like, that sort of bond can't be broken. And then he's like, no, it can't. <laughs> the mating bond cannot be broken, guys. The king only broke the first bargain that they had made, which is hard to do, which is the one like, oh, she'll visit you once a week out of every month. And why yeah, it was like legit painful. Yeah. Feyre said that, though. Feyre knew that that's what happened. My first time reading it, I skipped over that part, though. Like, I didn't uh, see that part. And then, um, but anyway, she's just like, they can't do that. It's hard to do, but not the mating bond. That can't be broken. And he's like, Ferris fully aware of that. And then Amran is like, go get her from our enemy's hands right now. And he's like, no. Didn't you hear what she said? She's taking them down from within. She literally like told the king, I will take you down from inside your own walls. And then she's going to take them all down, actually. Like, not just the King of Hyper. And she's going to take Tamlin and Lucian down with her. And Amran is like, she's your mate, not your spy. And he goes, actually, she's my mate and my spy. She's also the High Lady of the Night Court. <gasps> Ring-a-ding-ding! Here we go! This part, I was like, ah! Because... So Sorry, Thomas. <laughs> because, like... First of all, Tamlin told her whenever they were together, High Lady is no such thing. That's not a thing. And this whole time she's like, oh, I'm going to be called wife. I'm going to be called mate. But then Reese goes, let's take it a step further. Let's make you the High Lady of the Night Court. Like, bad fucking ass. And the fact that this was his idea and not her idea makes it a hundred times better. If it were her idea, I'd be like, oh, this bitch was scheming this whole time. (laughs) But it's his idea. Like, he wants this. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, uh, if they would have removed the other glove that she had on, they would have seen the second tattoo on her arm. A twin inked last night when we found a priestess and I swore her in as my high lady. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, you fucking dick. You let her high lady go into enemy territory. <laughs> and they're like, well, let's go to war. And that's the end of chapter 68. 
chapter 69, Farah is back in the spring court. It's, it's back to her point of view. And she's like, oh, this place is not as great as the night court. And then she's like mad at Tamlin. She's like, I gotta pretend. And she's pretending good, too. She's like, oh, my God, you're real. This whole time I've been so confused. And then she's like thinking, you traitor, liar, murderer, son of a fucking bitch. She was very believable. She she really was. Not solution. Well, he's like, Pharaoh, let's start over. We'll do things differently. I was so wrong, and I'm sorry. And she's thinking, too late. You done got your ass ate by Highburn. (laughs) 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 She's like, I'm home now. That's what she says to him. And she's thinking, ha-ha, bitches. I can't believe Tanlin has just led the High Lady of the Night Court into the heart of his territory. And that's the end of this book. That is how this book ends. And in Thomas's words... Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Like, what a fucking way to end this book. Like, after this book, I immediately picked up the next book. Me too. So good. The ending of this book was so mind-blowing, especially the first time I read it, because I was like, oh my god, the bond is broken. Because it it sounds like, when I was reading it, I was like, it's like, Reese cannot handle this. It's like, the bond's actually being broken. And I was like... So I didn't, once I caught on, I realized what she was doing, but my first time reading it, I didn't realize it was like a game at first. Cause this is one of those times when like I get excited as I'm reading and like my eyes start reading (laughs) faster than I'm reading. And I'm like skipping around that. Like when she starts talking to Tam, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, no way, no way. This is all. So I knew that she was like, she was like, I got to pretend like I got to get out of this. But I was thinking she's like, I'm just going to have to sacrifice everything that i've done this whole time sacrifice the love of my life and or not my the love of my life but sacrifice not being around my mate she for this moment she's thinking in the past tense that whole time too like she talks about how she just has to get everyone out and then when she glances back at everyone and all of her friends and stuff she thinks she's like the court of dreams i had been a part of the court of dreams or something like that she's going into this believing she's not getting out and she's also going into this like well, whenever I first read it, I was like, this bitch just had everything broken, like the whole bond between them broken. But that's not true, because like they made another bond, second, first of all, but then also the mating bond can't be broken to begin with. Um, and I was just like, but the way it was the way Reese reacted, I think that had me like, yeah, because like, he, he was so he doesn't know, yeah, yeah, because like he, he wasn't responding like to what she was saying, and she was like, leave, and he was like not moving, and she was like go and he's not like responding mentally and so she's like fuck it (laughs) i gotta go get my sisters out of here and it's like cassian at that moment looked and he was like oh like we gotta go (laughs) and it's like did reese know did he not know we know now that he did but like in that moment that you're reading it for the first time you're like doesn't know (laughs) like he thinks that their bond has just been destroyed and it's like my heart is breaking for him and he's like breaking down and he's like not wanting to leave her behind but that's just because the mating bond like he doesn't want to leave her behind because he loves he doesn't leave her either though isn't it more that grabs him and winnows everyone out Mm mm-hmm I was just really appreciative about like the first book ended with like such a relief Mm -hmm. and then the second book felt me like I felt me. <laughs> Whoa. This book is touching up on all kinds of things. It made me feel like energized and like pumped up for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I will say first book, I could have read it and stopped. 
Yeah. And, like, not gone on because it was, like, oh, happy ending. But then second book, I was, like, <laughs> this is different. Love it. Let's keep going. So after finishing the second book, I think my only complaint throughout the whole thing is how easy it was to be, like, fuck Tamlin. We out of here. Team Reese. Like, I, I had no complaint with that. I, was, I Exactly. <laughs> well, ex- but I wish there was more of, like, a, a struggle going on or something, you know? It makes me yeah. concerned about the TV show that's coming out of this because we got to watch Tamlin's section. And I hate that man. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> like, who are they going to make him play? Like, I don't know, because I hate that man. I don't want to hate an actor for playing yeah. Tamlin, but I will. <laughs> I think Reese is kind of too perfect. Like, I don't think really? Reese is a believable male character. Oh, my God. He's so hot. <laughs> he's too perfect. Yeah, what I, What actually is Reese's no, flaw? His flaw is that he, he doesn't let other people help him. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> my flaw is I'm too nice. <laughs> I refuse to ask anyone. I work too hard. <laughs> no, he's caring. He's protective. He's so hot. We're talking about his flaws. Oh, he has no flaws. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, he's he so my he type. He does have the problem where it's or it's supposed to be written that he has the problem of like letting people assist him. Like he wants to do it himself and like not necessarily ask for the help. Yeah, he does. Okay. Yes. But so far, at least in book two, the end of book two, like, he lets people help him. Well, he doesn't tell he takes them anything, l- you know? He takes on a lot yeah. of respect. Like, the whole thing with Amarantha. He didn't want them there. He he held the whole city off by himself. He didn't want any of the Night Court people in there to help. Like, it was like, he, do it, he did it by himself. And that's what pissed off all of his friends whenever he came back. Because they knew he did it by himself. Like, kept them in secret instead of letting them help him. He did it to protect them. Yeah, but that's also a flaw. Like, not letting people help in ways that they can just because right. you think you're protecting them. In war, you don't get to decide if this is something you can do on your own because it's not your own thing. It's it's everyone's life. I see. Good point. But also, that's a real-life flaw. <laughs> like, I don't think that's a... Like, in a book character, it's like, yeah, you, you go, guy. You got that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's his flaw here. Right. Which is not real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a real flaw. But, I mean, it's not anything that's, like, I don't know, he shits himself occasionally. <laughs> I love Reese. I'm not saying I don't like Reese. I'm just saying. Like, Vera can't read. <laughs> she can't paint. <laughs> and then Reese shits himself on occasion. <laughs> but, like, that's not the flaw here. He, he has one ply in his, in his cabinetry whenever she gets there. And she's like, where's the good toilet paper? And he's like... I don't buy that. I I like the cheap stuff. And she's like, my finger pokes right through it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's his flaw. He buys he buys thin toilet paper. But like, th- just think if that was Reese's flaw, he buys toilet paper that's too thin. <laughs> now those are some nice flaws I'd like in my book character. <laughs> he uses Axe Cologne. <laughs> That's a rule breaker. A deal breaker. A rule breaker. A rule breaker. Taylor likes bad boy. (laughs) Yeah, any any bad guy knows. I don't. I I don't like axe spray. I I draw the line there. You could be the sexiest man if you pick up axe spray. We're done. Thank you for joining another episode of the B Word Podcast. We appreciate you listening, and we definitely appreciate Taylor for joining us. Thank you for having me. She may or may not be on the next episode. Depends on if she can get someone to watch her kids next time. (laughs) We're recording it today. (laughs) 
we're not. <laughs> um, anyway, she might join us later on in, in the future for more episodes. Um, make sure you follow us on at BWordPod on TikTok and Instagram. You can also find Taylor's Candles uh, is at Aroma Ave. The Aroma Avenue. At The Aroma Avenue. And then she also has a website as well. Um, we'll tag her in one of our posts. Um, but yeah. That That's shit all. smells so good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> My products, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> you should get a picture with a candle. Thank you.